Welcome to Podcast Hackers, the show for podcasters by podcasters. Here, each episode, you'll hear from the best and brightest podcasters and learn how they're growing their audience, monetizing their shows, and making an impact through podcasting. And now your host, Craig Hewitt. All right, welcome back to another edition of Castos Office Hours. My name is Craig Hewitt. I'm the founder of Castos. Thanks so much for for hopping in today and chatting with us about podcasting. I'm joined today, as always, by Denise Mekel from our marketing group. Denise, how's it going? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Awesome. Yep, I'm doing good. Yeah, I have a, a cool topic to talk about today. So uh, kind of as usual here in office hours, the format is going to be we're going to talk for about 10 or 15 minutes on a particular kind of micro topic in podcasting. And from there, we're going to hop into your questions and answers. So for folks who are just coming in, if you could pop in the chat and say hi, and where you're calling it, logging in or calling in from today, that would be great. We will let folks give them a couple of extra minutes to to get logged in and everything. And we also have a poll going. So if you scroll down on your screen here towards the bottom, you'll see a poll about how many episodes you've published. So I just wanted to get a feel for the folks here today of how many episodes you've published. If you're just getting started, if you've been publishing for, you know, producing podcasts for a little bit or, you know, pretty much you're a pro. So just wanted to get a feel for this because this is kind of pertinent to the topic we're talking about today. And then as you have questions, or if you're coming in with questions, also kind of towards the bottom of your screen, there's a questions tab, and you can pop your question in there, and we will take those at the end of our kind of presentation bit. Awesome. Uh, Juwan from Alabama, never published. All right, you're in the right place. I think, you know, Denise and I were talking just before we we went live that yeah, Office Hours really is a place for folks who are just getting started with podcasting. Um, that, that tends to be the people who get the most value out of it because like Juwan, you can come in and ask questions that you can't find an answer to in blog articles or Facebook groups, or if you just want to kind of chat about something, the best place to come is is something like this where, where we can chat about whatever topics you have. We'll talk for about 10 minutes on kind of creating really awesome content. That's our topic for the day. And then we're going to do Q&A after that. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get started with a bit of, of kind of content that we have. And folks who are kind of coming in can pop questions in the bottom there or in chat, whichever you'd like. And we'll get, get those here in just a few minutes. So the agenda for today is, is really twofold. So the first is uh, talking about creating really standout content and why that's so important. Uh, and then we'll go into some Q&A after that. And so the first part will be 10 or 15 minutes. And then we'll have Q&A for the rest of the hour. So why are we talking about creating standout content? And the reason I think is that even though podcasting is really a pretty new form of content, uh, content marketing, uh, as opposed to things like blogging or emails or YouTube or social media even, um, it is becoming really, really competitive. And particularly in some kind of categories and niches of podcasting, the, the competition is fierce. And so if you're just getting started, especially creating just another kind of me too podcast is going to be uh, tough to, to kind of increase your listenership. And so what we, what we say a lot is that folks who really want to be successful at podcasting, you have to create good sounding audio and you have to know how to publish and all this kind of stuff, but you can kind of screw up a lot of that stuff if you get the content part of it right. So all of the other technical stuff that a lot of folks worry about is important like to a certain level, but the the place to have like exponential growth and success of your podcast is in creating really great content. And so that's why I think thought it was worth talking through today. And so we have seven steps or ideas or things that that we can think about that that will lead us towards creating really great content. 
Uh, and the first is to be to be passionate about your topic. And, and this may seem really obvious to everybody, but especially if you're just getting started, remember that you will be talking about this every week for years. <laughs> for, for my podcast, we're coming up on our 200th episode. And my co-host and I have been talking about, you know, business and entrepreneurship and all this kind of stuff for 200 episodes. And fortunately, we're still really excited to record almost every episode, not quite every episode, but but pretty much. And it's because it's something that's like near and dear to our heart that we live in every day and that we're really passionate about. And so I think this is like a, a kind of building in a key for success. If you pick a topic that you're passionate about, you know a lot about, you're living in every day, then getting on the mic and talking about it every week or you know, having interviews or being with a co-host and talking about it, it, it will, will kind of set you up for success. Doing the opposite will make creating content and engaging with your audience and creating good content really difficult. So, so that's kind of like, we put this first because it really is the, like the beginning in the essence of creating good content. The second is to identify your ideal listener persona. And so we have a worksheet around this and we can probably include the worksheet uh, either in the chat uh, and I'm putting Denise on the spot here or, or in an email to, to everybody later on. Uh, and we have this worksheet that, that kind of talks through like exactly identifying one person who is the ideal person that you want a podcast for. Uh, and so you give this person a name and you talk about you know, their gender and where they live and how old they are and what they're interested in and what their pains are and what their ambitions are. And, and when you do all this stuff, you get a really clear sense of you know, Larry, the podcast listener, he lives in New York. He's 45 years old. He likes underwater basket weaving or whatever. He wishes he could uh, quit his softball team so that he has more time for basket weaving uh, and all this kind of stuff that you get really, really specific about, like exactly who you think your podcast is for. And then what this does is makes all of the content questions that you have later on, like, hey, should I have this person on my podcast? Or, hey, should I talk about this thing this week? you just kind of, you think about Larry, right? And you say, wow, Larry would dig this or he wouldn't. And so you don't talk about it. So, so really going through the exercise, you know, print this worksheet out, do this exercise like on paper, not on your computer, but on paper where you have time to really kind of ruminate about it is, uh, is really a worthwhile thing. And because this answers a lot of questions that you'll have down the line about what content you should create and what you shouldn't. And so the so what kind of after that is once you've decided kind of who you should be talking to and what you should be talking about is to stay on topic. I think it's easy, especially for folks who are just getting started to to kind of start going down one road and then get like the shiny object syndrome, right? So, oh, but I could talk about this other thing over here too, or I could have this different, you know, topic or, or format of, of show. Um, and that's cool, right? But but as long as you're still staying on topic and you're talking to your ideal listener. So don't go kind of veering off course too much once you've defined who that ideal person is that, you know, kind of is your ideal listener and what they are most interested in. And this kind of goes to our next one too, when it comes to guests is um, having guests on your podcast is a really great way to expand your podcast reach and, and audience. But part of the trap of having someone on your podcast who's not a good fit for your audience persona and, and the topic that you're talking about is that your audience will hear this person on your podcast and say, Craig, what are you talking about? What is this person doing on my podcast? I have no idea how this is relevant to me or the stuff you're talking about it isn't interesting to me. Um, and so I think, you know, if you get a successful podcast, you will get pitched a lot for people to come on your podcast. And I think you have to be really, really protective of the identity and the brand of your show 
um, especially as you get more and more successful, because you'll have people coming from all different directions saying, you know, hey, I want to be on your podcast. I, I think I could talk about this and it'll be really interesting to your audience. And you have to kind of filter that and say, yeah, I think that might be interesting or no, I, I don't think that's a good fit for us. Um, you know, sorry, I, you know, maybe we can revisit this another time. So uh, I think you kind of have to put up those boundaries a little bit, or at least filter kind of what people are saying about them coming on your show and talking about a thing, you know, is that thing congruent with what your ideal listener wants to hear about our topic or kind of mini topic of last week's office hours was creating opportunities for audience engagement and kind of how to do that and why it's important. But the real, so what here is, is like podcasting by its nature and by itself is like a one-way medium. So you talk and your audience listens. And the place where really successful podcasts shine is when they can continue that discussion later. So your podcast might be the starting point for a discussion, and then it continues in a Facebook group, or it continues in your local you know, group, or, you know, church group or something like that. That's really where the podcast is a part of a bigger brand that you end up building and doesn't just stand by itself. So think about ways that you can use your podcast or things you can talk about on your show to, to create audience engagement. And, and we can, if you go to the castos.com slash blog, you'll see uh, kind of a summary in the video from last week's office hours. And so it's definitely worth checking out because I think this is maybe the, the one key for creating a successful podcast in general and definitely is applicable to, to creating really great content, is encouraging and finding ways for your audience to participate in the shows and the content. The next one is, is something that, again, folks who are just getting started might have trouble with because uh, the first time you, you record yourself on a podcast and hear your own voice, you're going to say, oh my God, I, I don't really sound like that, do I? And yes, that's what you sound like. And it's cool. It's fine. It's great. And really embrace it and love it and, and go with it and, and be bold and different and opinionated. And for some people, you know, you, you want to be somebody that they don't like, right? So you think about folks like Howard Stern, maybe, right? Like Howard Stern is the epitome of this, right? A lot of people don't like Howard Stern, but a lot of people really love him. Think of kind of what your flavor of Howard Stern might be, right? So you don't want to go all the way to that that side of the spectrum of like being a, a shock jock or something like that. But you do want to stand out and you can do that in a really subtle way that's tasteful. But if you just do the same thing that everybody else does and have the same opinions and express them in the same way, then people are just going to listen to that other podcast that has 250 episodes and not yours that has 10. And so this is a way that you can stand out pretty easily and you just have to, to kind of do some self-reflection, I think, and, and, come to grips with the fact that you're putting your voice on air and a bunch of people are going to listen and some of them might not like it. And you got to say, that's cool because I I'm, you know, proud and confident of, of who I am and what I'm talking about. We could have a whole discussion on this, Denise. I think this is a really big one. The next one kind of goes back to the same, the same thing of being different, but with guests, the best interview shows that I listen to are the ones that have someone on that I've heard on other podcasts before, but they talk about something totally different. And this is where the host of that show has listened to a bunch of interviews with Tim Ferriss or whoever. And then they ask Tim Ferriss questions that you've never heard somebody ask him before. And so you hear this person that you you feel like you're really familiar with, and you might, you might know them like in real life, but you hear them talk about something that you've never heard them talk about before. And that's like, magic, right? Because because then your audience says, I know this person, I can relate with this person, I kind of know where they're coming from. But then you're hearing this whole other side of of them and their story and that arc. 
uh, it takes like on a whole new shape. Uh, so this takes a fair amount of work, right? So if you have somebody, especially kind of like a high profile guest that a lot of your audience will know, you will want to listen to several or a dozen interviews with them to say, okay, they've talked about this thing a lot. I don't want to talk about that thing with them because this is just the same as every other interview they've always done. And then find that unique angle to take with the guest. It'll really make your podcast and that, that episode in particular, and that might be all you need to kind of launch your podcast, but it'll make that episode in particular really stand out for your audience and, and could kind of go viral from there. Uh, so those are the seven ways that, that we like to think about creating standout content. And I'd love to hear, uh, you know, either in the chat or in questions, things that folks have done to kind of make their content stand out and make their podcast stand out in different ways. You know, it could be things like formats or types of guests they have on. It could be how often and when and where they publish, uh, live streaming, things like that. There's there's a lot of ways to go about this. But I think the the big thing is we had, you know, seven ways to do it here today. I think we should be doing all of these things, but there's a whole bunch of other things out there. And part of Office Hours is is not just us talking and everyone else listening, but, but creating like a really cool dialogue and community with this. So if folks who are on the call have things they've done that have really worked or haven't, we'd love to hear about it. And we can kind of chat through those as well. And Craig, I'm also going to drop in our latest blog posts we, where we've detailed 13, including these additional seven other strategies for engaging podcast content to kind of get everyone's, get everyone start brainstorming and, and kind of thinking about what to do for your show as well. And as we wait for more questions to filter in, I have a few uh, written down uh, for us to chat about uh, beforehand. So I figure we can jump over those to get started. Cool. Sounds good. So you just mentioned about asking additional guests to come onto your podcast can you suggest other ways where we might be able to leverage that guest network to be able to grow my own audience for my own podcast? Yeah. So I think that, that one of the ways that is is pretty easy to do this is to, to kind of go to folks in your industry or your niche or your group who people think of as thought leaders and kind of pitch them and say, you know, hey, would love for you to, to come on my podcast we, you know, we get however many listeners, this is a really great, you know, platform for you to go and uh, kind of share, share your perspective and your voice and everything with with a whole bunch of people. And we'll help promote that. And, you know, it should grow kind of your notoriety in the space. A lot of people will say yes to that because you're offering them something really cool. Even in 2019, you know, where we think podcast is really mainstream, because we're in this space, uh, a lot of people don't think podcasting is mainstream and would be flattered, maybe nervous to be on a podcast. And and so you got a you got a great opportunity. If you have a po a podcast, it is a platform for you to share what you know and think with the world and including guests in that and giving them the opportunity to to kind of share part of your platform is a really cool opportunity. The other thing that that we see a lot, particularly for for businesses, um, and I think it could apply to like you know, local organizations or political groups, you know, here we're coming up on the political season uh, in the U.S., is using your podcast as a networking opportunity. Um, so not necessarily having a guest on to for them to enjoy like the the benefit of your audience, but to to kind of have a good excuse to to get on a call and chat with someone that you might not be able to get on a call with otherwise. So from a business perspective, you might you might think of this like like as a sales call or a networking opportunity um, to, you know, instead of going to have coffee or a drink with somebody, you say, hey, would you like to come on my podcast? We'll talk about A, B and C. You talk about A, B and C for an hour. And then this person instantly says, wow, you know, Denise really knows what she's talking about. We talked about marketing for an hour and 
I, you know, she blew my mind with the stuff that she thinks and the questions that she asked and stuff. Um, there are very few really true ways to do this these days. And I think a podcast is, is one of those. There are very few true ways that aren't just out and out asking like, Hey, would you like to go get a coffee? But, uh, this is a really, um, a really cool way that, that you can get a chance to talk with somebody that you admire and look up to and want to get to know better in your business environment or in your local group or something like that. And using the podcast as a networking opportunity is, is a great way to, uh, to do that. Did that kind of answer the question, Denise? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, we often forget about kind of the networking opportunities that that podcasts offer. And it's not a benefit that we should kind of uh, gloss over because it it leads nicely into my next uh, question for you, actually. for I know we have a few people on the call who are just kind of starting out and maybe haven't published episodes yet. So what are like some of the other non-monetary benefits of podcasting? I know some people might want to get into it in order to bring on sponsors or advertisers, but I think there are, you know, a whole slew of things to gain to be being the host of your own show and kind of talking about a, a topic that you're super passionate about. So I was hoping you can maybe dig into more of those benefits as well. Yeah. So I think that I touched on one of them and it, it's, it, it's a thing that is, is kind of similar to some other marketing channels. Uh, so you think about like, you know, having an email list of a bunch of engaged subscribers and you send them a, a, an email once a week talking about your topic. They get a lot of value out of it. They reply back and, and everybody like feels better because they're on that email list. And that's a platform. Um, and it's a platform for you to share what you think with people in your world and for them to like that content and get engaged with it. And you guys have a dialogue and a podcast is just another form of that. So I think whether you monetize your podcast directly, and I say like monetizing it directly, typically today means ads. And another way that like we're exploring with Castos is um, offering like paid subscriptions to like premium content. So we call it premium podcasting to where kind of like a membership site for your podcast, you can say, okay, you know, all of this pot, this content is free, but you know, one episode a month or something like that is on this special podcast feed that is like $5 a month to get access to. So, so that's like, those are the two ways, you know, here that in 2019, that, that folks are monetizing their podcast directly. And I think both have their, their kind of best ways and, and their pluses and minuses, but I think more so, and I say like more so meaning there's like a, a higher upside to it is using your podcast as a platform to further some other kind of venture. Um, and whether that's a business or a, a church group or a local organization or just your your kind of it's a it's a hobby for you and, and you love talking about the Green Bay Packers um, that like having a podcast and doing that and having hundreds or thousands of people that listen to you every week, um, it creates a, a platform where where you can talk. And, and they listen and are engaged. And that at some point down the road, if you have something that else that you want to talk about, then you have this thing built in uh, to where you can go on your podcast and talk about, okay, you're changing jobs and you're going to go look for a house somewhere else or whatever it is. You have a thing that people are really interested in. And then whatever else you decide to do with it later, you can do. You know, right now, if you build that platform and it is for your business, then you know you can create a lot of content around your business uh, or around promoting your local organization or something. And people say, wow, you know, Denise's podcast is really great. She talks about, you know, whatever, basketball every week. Uh, this is really cool. And then Denise says, hey, you know, I'm getting together a group here in Philadelphia to talk, you know, to go play basketball every Wednesday or whatever it is. And that's a, that's a silly example maybe. But but I think like using the platform example as a, an analogy is, is probably the most powerful thing because then whatever else you decide to do with your podcast later on and, and like – 
that world that you're podcasting about, having having this audience ready to go and engaged with you is like the most powerful thing, I think. I totally agree. I think we're all kind of searching for our own little communities in this world and podcasting is just one other, another way that we can kind of tune into other people who are similar to us and, uh, you know, learn information about topics that we're super passionate about. Robert's just jumped into the chat saying uh, he's just starting his podcast as well and is really looking for the best ways to get the word out and learn all he can about getting them themselves going, which I think leads in nicely to another question on, you know, what would be the biggest mistakes new hosts might make in producing their podcast? What are kind of like the biggest hurdles that uh, people new to this space need to figure out and, you know, get over in order to be successful in launching their show? Yeah. So you said a really funny uh, word or term there is kind of get over (laughs) this thing. And like we have all these speed bumps that we put in our way or roadblocks, maybe even that we put in our in our way mentally, right? In our own head, we say, holy cow, like I have to record the audio and I have to edit. And as Joanne is saying, what about, you know, podcasting microphones, all this kind of stuff. Um, and we we put some of these barrier ups, I think, kind of subconsciously to say, like, I have to do all this stuff before I can, quote, have a podcast. Whereas the reality is you can plug your Apple earbuds into your computer, record on the software that comes with your computer, and then upload it to a hosting platform like Castos and publish it, and you have a podcast. It's not going to be the best podcast ever, right? But but you could do that, and everyone on this show today could have a podcast that's live today. And so everything above that is, it, like some of it's really important, but some of it isn't, and it's important to different degrees. And so for, for folks who are just getting started, you know, Robert and Juwan, I would say really evaluate what truly is important for you to get started because the, the biggest hurdle people have in getting started is themselves, right? So you put up all of these objections kind of to yourself and say, I got to do all of this stuff before I can have a podcast where the reality is you don't. So we can definitely talk about, you know, gear and stuff you need before you get started. But but I would, I would say preface all of that with it really doesn't have to be that difficult. And you don't need to make it as difficult as as you might think or that other people on the Internet say you have to do. You can go through these 800 steps and be like semi-professional before you publish your first episode, because the truth is nobody's going to listen to your first episode. Right. So kind of get over that, like fear that when you put this out in the world, uh, you know, everyone and their mother is going to go listen to it because that that probably won't be true. Uh, and you will go back and listen to your first episode and say, I can't believe I published that. I am so embarrassed now because now, 200 episodes later, I am such a better podcaster. And, and I hope that's true. So so I think just getting started is is really the, the biggest thing that people have to get over. And a lot of times that's like this self-imposed doubt and kind of self-limiting behavior that we put that we put in front of ourselves. So so we will give some suggestions. So we have a, a really awesome and comprehensive blog post about how to get started. Uh, and I think Denise can put that in the chat here. And, and the big picture things that you really need is you should have a podcasting mic. If if you if you can't afford one or don't want to buy one until you're sure that this is really going to work. Earbuds like like you get with your iPhone or your Android phone actually work pretty good. So so don't like let that be the thing that holds you up. Uh, if you're looking for a mic, um, we recommend them in this article. Uh, one is the the Audio-Technica ATR2100. Um, we like it because it's really good. It's the microphone I use. Um, you can't see it because it's just out of the picture. Um, it costs about $65 on Amazon. The whole kit like, like I have with the boom arm and the pop filter and stuff costs about $100 um, on Amazon. And it is absolutely all you need to be a really successful podcaster. And from there, Joanne, a few other things that you need. So you need, a, a, you should have a microphone if you if you don't want to or can't 
can't afford one or don't want to wait or whatever, use the earbuds that come with your phone. They actually are really good if you're in a good environment. So go into you know, a bedroom or something and close the door and turn the radio off and all this kind of stuff. You need a place to record your audio. And so recording and editing, we suggest a tool called Audacity. And we suggest it because it works on both Mac and on Windows. Sorry, I was reading the chat here from Robert and got sidetracked. So Audacity works on Mac and on Windows. It's free open source software. And you can both record locally. So unless you're like calling someone across the country, uh, if it's just you or you and someone else in the same room, you can record and edit in the same software. That's awesome. And we have a bunch of uh, tutorials on our YouTube channel about how to use Audacity. And if you just go to YouTube and type in Castos Audacity, it should pop right up. And then you need a host to host your files and create the RSS feed. And the RSS feed is kind of the thing that podcasting directories like Apple Podcast and Stitcher, Google Podcast, Spotify, read, and then show information about your about your podcast. And that's like the meta information, like the title and the description and the cover image and all that kind of stuff. And then every time you publish a new episode through your hosting platform, your RS feed is updated automatically with that latest episode. And then directories like Spotify or Apple Podcasts say, oh, you know, Denise has a new podcast episode. Here it is. And it sends it out automatically to all your subscribers. So, Juwan, that's a really like terse two minute description of it. Um, but hopefully that kind of helps with the big picture of like, you know, find a way to record. Audacity is great. Use your, you know, your earpiece or get a podcasting mic, record and edit the podcast and then publish it to your hosting platform, create that RSS feed and then submit that RSS feed to, to places like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and then publicize it and, and tell everybody about it. Your podcast uh, and dropped our um, our full kind of comprehensive guide into the chat if anyone wants you know more reference material or, or some more color there. So Carmen just popped into the chat. Thanks for joining us about uh, when doing interviews for people who may be uh, remotely or locally, uh, what kind of softwares to use for that um, if you have any specific recommendations. I guess doing a call, it looks like more of a remote interview. Yeah. So Carmen, um, if you could kind of specify, uh, are you talking about like calling someone on the phone or doing a, a web-based call like this? Because depending on what you're doing, we have different recommendations these days. So the the podcasting world is is really dynamic and stuff is changing a lot. But these days, the tool... Okay, calling on the phone. I'll, I'll, I'll take that one in just a minute because that one's easy. <laughs> For folks who are just getting started and want to do something on the computer like this, like Denise is on her computer, I'm on my computer. We're actually on different sides of the world uh, and it works like magic, uh, thankfully. And, and that, like we use a, a specific webinar software for this, but for podcasting, you wanna use a, a piece of software that's specific for podcasting. And the tool we like these days is called Squadcast. So it's squadcast.fm. Uh, and there's another tool called Zencaster, zencaster.com, so Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com. Um, both of them are, are specific just for podcasting, and they create really high quality local recordings for both you and your guest. And then those kind of sync up with either Dropbox or kind of whatever cloud storage you look them up to. And the idea here is that you record a separate channel for you and for your guest, because that will make your life in post-production and in editing really easy. If everybody is squashed down into the same channel, then editing and volume levels and weird over you know, over talking each other and stuff like that is is just impossible. But to your question about calling someone on the phone, the tool that we really like is called Zoom. Uh, so uh, zoom.us. Uh, Zoom is is like a, a conference calling service that definitely has a very solid free plan. I think they have free calls up to 40 minutes last time I checked. 
And the cool thing about Zoom, as opposed to like Squadcast or Zencaster, is that there is like dial-in information. So if anybody's like been on a conference call for their work, you know that most of the time you just call in, you're on the phone, but, but the people who are presenting are typically on their computer. And so that's cool in your case, because you can be on your computer and are recording this somehow in something like Zoom. And then your, your guests can just call in from their phone and they don't have to have a special setup or anything like that. Uh, so Zoom is a really cool option there. The thing I would suggest is to, to prep your guest a little bit and say, you know, this is not just a phone call. Don't be on the interstate <laughs> driving, you know, 80 miles an hour while we're doing this. Be at home in your office or in your bedroom with the door closed and, you know, try as best you can to create like a good recording environment. If you could have uh, a headset on, so like the one that comes with your iPhone or your, or your Android phone, um, just because that is a specific kind of microphone just for recording kind of better audio than, than your then your phone does kind of natively. Don't use your your office phone on speaker or in the conference room or something like that because it just sounds horrible. So, Carmen, that's that's kind of my suggestion for recording good remote interviews. Or to your question, thanks uh, for, for popping that in there. Um, so John mentions he's been interviewing a lot of uh, industry leaders from a space and has been gaining some traction, but wants to try out some other formats like panels or case studies or monologues. Do you have any suggestions about maybe should he change the intro or should he do some sort of uh, differentiating factor for these new formats or should he just kind of jump into it and kind of expect that his audience will appreciate the variety? Yeah. So, hey, John, how you doing? I know we've chatted a lot uh, in, in some uh, some questions at Castos. So thanks for joining us today. Um, you know, I think this is a really interesting question. And this is something I would like to hear other people who have done this kind of chime in on. We might, we might need to like open this up to our Facebook group to ask people their opinions on this. John, I'll give you my take on it. And my take on it is that I haven't done this. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I think, kind of having lived in the podcasting world for like four and a half years. I think you absolutely should try this. And I say try it because in a lot of kinds of content and in marketing, um, you don't know until you try it. And, and so Denise and I try a lot of marketing stuff uh, and some of it doesn't work. And, and that you have to kind of go into it knowing that. And, and the way, John, that, that you'll know it doesn't work is if your download numbers kind of suffer after you start this. And so it's, it's like a fair risk. And I would mitigate that risk by going to some of like your best audience members or people that you know well that will give you honest feedback <laughs> uh, ahead of time and say, you know, hey, I'm thinking about doing this thing where instead of uh, having an interview show, I monologue or I do a panel discussion with like three other people. What do you think? And if you ask enough people that have enough different perspectives and come from different angles in your world, you, you should get a sense for like, okay, this is a terrible idea and I definitely shouldn't do this. Or, well, yeah, they, they think this is interesting. We should try this. Um, and, and like you've mitigated that downside risk, at least by getting some opinions of people that you know and respect up front. And the, the one kind of qualifier I would use there is to say like, you got to filter where people are coming from when they give you opinions like this. Like, if you ask somebody to be on your panel and then ask if you think this is a good idea, like you're going to get yes, right? Because people are going like to jump up and down to be on your podcast. But if you if you can just frame it as like an abstract question, then you might get a different answer from that same person. So I would say just like as you're asking this question and getting those responses, just think about like where someone is coming from in this respect, uh, because that will kind of color what what their response means to you. But But I definitely would explore it. I would explore it before doing it and kind of test the waters with people. But I think that we see a lot of podcasts have a lot of success with this. And then if you do decide to do it, 
then kind of as Denise mentioned, you definitely should prep your your audience for it. Maybe it's like the episode ahead of time to say, hey, in our next episode, we're going to be switching things up a little bit. We're going to have a roundtable discussion where it's me and three or four different people talking about this one particular topic instead of John, just you and a guest talking about, you know, your topic where that like people have a different kind of emotional relationship with that kind of content. So if you do decide to go in a different format direction to either prep your your audience at the beginning of that episode or at you know the end of a previous episode and say, hey, next week it's going to be different. <laughs> just get ready. I hope you enjoy it. If you don't, please let me know. Uh, you know, again, encouraging kind of audience partic participation and feedback is huge. And however you do that, whether it's comments in the blog post or your Facebook group or your local organization or in an email or whatever, um, you know, let people know that that you want their feedback because because that's huge. And, I, and honestly, that's that's challenging. You know, our podcast, we've been going 200 episodes and and it's it's still hard sometimes to to get feedback from folks who are listening. And I think that's just kind of the nature of podcasting. It's also a good Again, point. Again, if anybody uh, has nailed that, I would love to, I'd love to hear how uh, because change up their formats, you know, uh, week to week. Really they also time. name the the segments a little bit differently than their normal shows. So you can kind of uh, parse them out when you're uh, kind of scrolling through or browsing through their episodes. So if maybe it's something I'm, I don't really like, but I like the show overall. I can maybe skip that particular episode, but continue engaging with things. And, and potentially try introducing these new formats in segments rather than, you know, creating a full separate standalone uh, show with this different format. Um, maybe if you're a little bit nervous and, and dipping your toe into the water, it could be a, a nice way to at least try it out and see if it's something that you're interested in. But yes, managing expectations of your audience are, are always uh, difficult things to do. And so kind of scrolling back up in the, the chat, Robert had a really interesting question about advertising and, and whether or not it's worth paying for um, or using paid sources for advertising for your podcast. Do you have any suggestions or would you recommend going more organic routes? What's kind of your take on that, Craig? Yeah, Robert, this is a, a super interesting topic. And I know several people that have been very, very, very successful with this. Um, so there are a lot of places you can advertise for your podcast. So it's funny you say like podcast advertising and everybody instantly thinks like you having Casper mattresses ad spots on, on your podcast. And that's not where I don't think that's what Robert's talking about. I think Robert's talking about can he pay to advertise on Facebook or in the Overcast podcast app? for his podcast to draw people in to, to listen and subscribe to it. And so that's kind of taking the advertising and podcasting model and flipping it on its head a little bit. You can even advertise on other podcasts directly. So you can have your own soundbite in other podcasts. Robert, if you are podcasting for your business or something that, that kind of makes money or you're happy to kind of throw money at to, to grow your podcast, I absolutely would do this. I think that a lot of people podcast for a very long time and then they stop because they don't see any growth. So if you feel confident that like you're creating really interesting and engaging content and your audience is going to love it, you just got to find more of your audience. And if you're kind of starting from scratch in the audience realm in general, that I think that advertising for your podcast is really uh, an interesting thing to look at. And I mentioned some of the places I would start looking at that. Uh, one is Facebook, just because Facebook is a really advanced kind of advertising platform. Um whether we love Zuckerberg or hate him, like it's it's just a really interesting, powerful place to reach people on a topic. Um, and that's the thing that Facebook does differently than like Google search or something like that. Uh, the other place I absolutely would look at is the Overcast podcast app. So I think it's overcast.fm. Um, they allow advertising on like a 
a, a monthly or weekly basis. And it's just a little bar in the bottom of the app that suggests podcasts that you might be interested in. So they kind of topically align what you're listening to with ads that they've kind of sold that are in some in the similar vein. So those are the two places I would look. And then, Robert, if you know other people that have podcasts in the space that you're looking at, I would pitch them to say, you know, hey, can I buy an ad spot on your podcast? Um, you might want to like not exactly be in the same vein as them because like you don't want to be stealing their listeners, but maybe like a show that's slightly different to where there wouldn't be as much direct competition would be interesting there. So I would look at those three things as like a good place to start. And then Robert, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, you just go to Facebook and type in podcast hackers. Uh, that's our Facebook group. We had a discussion around this a while back, but I'm sure if you if you popped in and posed this question there, uh, I know there are people that have been super successful with that. And it's compliment now. Thanks, Robert. Um, and, and, uh, they, and it's compliment now uh, would done, be maybe some organic channels as well. So we kind of have our page strategy down. If we're going to buy some airtime on other podcasts, use Facebook advertising. What are some other channels we could leverage to help grow our audience if we're starting from scratch? Yeah. So I think that uh, if you're really starting from scratch, uh, that interviews and having an interview-based podcast is a really easy way to to grow your audience. It's how we grew our audience at the beginning. And, you know, we talked about this networking opportunity, um, and especially if you network and have other podcasters on your podcast, then then it, it can really grow like wildfire. Um, so, so Carmen, talking about growing your audience from scratch, not sure the exact uh, kind of format of your of your podcast or kind of what you're going to be interested in or talking about. Um, but But if I were just starting today, I would have at least some interviews. Some might just be me, um, you know, talking or me and a co-host or something like that. But I think having guests on your podcast and being really strategic about who those people are um, is a really great way to to build your audience. Um, and I say being really strategic about who those people are because it can be a little counterintuitive um, if you think about like who you want to get on your podcast. Um, it's not the biggest name out there that typically has the biggest impact on your listenership. It usually is like someone who is is kind of really aligned with your purpose and and you guys have similar audience personas, but and they're like at a similar point in the the journey or the scale of their podcast and their kind of notoriety in your space, maybe like a step or two ahead of where you are. Not 10 or 100 steps or in like a different stratosphere because because those people the the stuff you'll talk about will not really be relatable to your audience right if your audience is talking about beginner runners who want to finish a 5k and you get on meb kafleski right the guy that won the boston marathon a couple of years ago like meb and you are going to talk about stuff that people who are just wanting to finish their first 5k have no idea about right so it's like he's a really great name and i'm sure the notoriety of that would do a lot for your podcast but your audience is not going to relate to that at all really and then similarly if he shares that episode out on social media it's not going to do a whole lot to move the needle in terms of like, oh, this person listens or was on this podcast. I should go listen to it as well. Whereas if you have someone who's kind of like in a similar space to you and has audience that's similar to the audience that you want on your podcast, that that tends to move the needle a lot more. It's a little counterintuitive. But we see this over and over that like the bigger names that you have on your podcast don't always do the most for for audience growth. It's really those people kind of closer to, to where you are uh, in, in your kind of world. Um, so, so, so that's, that's kind of, uh, guests and interviews. And I would say the other really good one is, is social media. So depending on what you're talking about, I think the social media platform that is the best fit for that will differ. You know, for some it's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's Twitter, it's Pinterest. Um, 
and then I, you know, not exactly social media, but like email list building uh, and getting people to your site and offering them something in return for their email address uh, is a really great way to to build your audience. Um, so, and I think with both of those, the the key is to to create useful content and share it with people, and in return, they will follow you, and then you can mention your podcast, and that's kind of the kind of the 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 very brief version of like how organic social media works is, is just be out there, be communicating and engaging with people in your space, sharing interesting and helpful stuff. Uh, and then they get to know, like, and trust you. And then they'll, they'll follow your podcast when you, you know, kind of mention it there as well. Uh, so Carmen, I hope that helps. That's a pretty brief thing as far as, as kind of like growing your audience from scratch. But, but really I think the big one is kind of like, if you have some kind of audience or have some kind of presence in your, your world that, that you're going to be podcasting about, um, just do a lot more of that because that's the easiest thing. So don't, don't start from scratch with a new Twitter account today. I totally if agree. Have, I also think um, you know, that people your, your point about cross-pollination and these working, partnerships just is like really great thing is, just and would recommend and then um, you know, checking out our Facebook group or the other podcast-specific Facebook groups. There are a lot of people cool. there who are kind of putting calls out um, about having guests come on their show. So it might be at least a good place to start to see who may be out there and who might be in your space where you guys can kind of create this partnership together and, and mutually be growing your audiences uh, you know, by leveraging each other's networks. I think that's great advice. And you never know, like, it's amazing. Like the, the people I have, have met through podcasting are, it sounds funny to say out loud, like some of my best friends are people that I've met through podcasting. And now like, you know, I run a podcasting business and they run this other business that's like in a similar space maybe. And we met because I invited them on my podcast. And now we see each other a few times a year at conferences or they live the next town over, it just happens or, or whatever. Like, yeah, I think, just getting on the phone and chatting with interesting people uh, is really powerful. And you never know, right? It could be a dud and it could be something that, that like, oh, the, the discussion's not interesting and you might never publish that interview, right? That's the thing is like, there are definitely podcast interviews that have been done that are not published and that's cool. And you can kind of say to that person like, hey, you know, I really enjoyed our talk, but I just don't think it's like what we ended up talking about. Maybe is not really an good opportunity to publish with, at a later date if it's something more evergreen. So, um, like, it's we're okay going to keep it. I'm glad we chatted, but, but I can't like share that with um, my audience because it's not. So it's kind not of one of my, my last questions that I pe- that uh, is related to this guesting and, and being in other people's podcasts. Do you have any best practices for when maybe you're appearing on someone else's show or you're asking someone else to appear on your show kind yeah. of before you guys get behind the mic? What are some best practices I should be following? Uh, to get me there. So it's two different things really. I talk about both. One is if you are having someone on your podcast, two things you definitely should do is do your homework. If you don't know this person really well, do your homework about other podcasts they've been on, or do they have their own podcast? What, what their business or interests or whatever all about do, do that ahead of time. Um, so you know what you're talking about this person about and like, have they been on a bunch of other podcasts and have they talked about this one particular thing a whole lot, then don't talk to them about that because nobody wants to hear the same story from the same person a bunch. And the other is to send them a pretty simple email ahead of time, like a couple days ahead of time and say, you know, hey, just a reminder, we're going to be on a podcast at noon on Thursday. We're going to be talking about this. Maybe give them a couple bullets of what you're going to be talking about. And then give them like some real tactical, practical prep things for them physically to be doing. So be at your computer and have a a earpiece on, um, or if you have a podcasting mic, that's even better, you know, be in the room with the door closed and like not be where the trash truck is pulling up out front with a window open, turn all of the other apps on your computer off and just kind of be ready to podcast. We'll be podcasting for an hour and we typically chat for five minutes and then we will, you know, Q and A for 45 minutes or something like that. 
um, this is one of those things where like an ounce of prevention with that email ahead of time is uh, is like a pound or a ton of results later. I can't tell you how many times I've sent this email and people said, oh, I can't, <laughs> I, you know, I, I hadn't thought about this or I wasn't going to be ready. Thanks so much for sending this. And then we end up, you know, recording good sounding audio. They're there, they're prepared. And we have a really cool discussion. Conversely, I think when you're talking on someone else's podcast, it's a little bit of the same prep. Like if I'm going on someone else's podcast, I absolutely want to know, like, what do we typically talk about? What are like some of their most popular episodes? And what are the things that people have talked about on those episodes that really resonated with the audience? And then you can and should ask the ask the host, okay, hey, we're going to come talk about this thing. What does your audience typically look like? What do they want to hear most about? When you have a really successful podcast episode, what, what does that episode look like? What, what things does it have or doesn't it have? Uh, so that I can tailor kind of my approach and my answers and my presentation to to things that are really interesting to your to your audience. Um, and I think if you do that, that will be a signal to the host like, wow, Craig is really on this. He knows what he's talking about. And when people have said that to me, I'm like, OK, this is going to be a good episode like this person 100 percent knows what they're talking about. Um, my trust and confidence in them grows, which uh, for folks who are just getting started, you will quickly find that like you can't trust people on your podcast because especially if they haven't podcasted a lot, they won't know what you know or what you want them to do. And, and so, you know, for someone who comes in and knows a lot about that kind of side of the content creation and, and alignment with your audience and the goals that they have, that's, that's massively helpful for you as a host. Um, so those are, those are the two sides of like being a guest and having people on as guests that, that I think, are and I think another to, benefit of coming in, and you know, place being a, a guest in someone else's doing show, those things coming in prepared and makes the providing better, really great answers is impressing their audience, right? If you, uh, sounds with, um, like a great guest and you, with, with you know, are super knowledgeable about. about what you're talking about and answering the questions in a very interesting way, you're really enticing their audience to come check out your show later on, which is kind of what we were talking about before that cross pollination, that partnership, uh, it's a benefit not to, uh, not to forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And conversely messing that up will certainly mean that nobody <laughs> that listens to your interview on another show is going to come listen to your podcast. So, yeah, I mean, I take, you know, it's kind of like if, if folks have been blogging, like, um, we take, Denise and I at Castos take guest posting, guest blogging on another blog more seriously than our own blog, right? Because it is, in a lot of chances, the one chance we get to show what we're all about when we get to post on another, you know, especially like a high profile, but really all, like all other places we get to publish content that is typically our best stuff. And, and so I try very hard when I'm on another podcast, especially if it's a really popular one, to, you know, do everything I can to put my best foot forward, give my best content be ready, be prepared, have interesting questions to ask the guest because that's like a lifesaver uh, when you have interesting things that you can contribute back to the discussion. So yeah, I think, you know, really putting your best foot forward uh, when you're a guest will go a long way towards having that cross-pollination and the growth of your own of your own audience. Cool. Well, I think that wraps us up for uh, for this edition of Office Hours. I hope everyone really enjoyed it uh, and thank you all for very much for your questions. We do these... So, sorry, Kurt just popped in with a question. For those of us just starting, do we need to start with guests or try to build our audience first? Yeah, the chicken or the egg. Kurt, I think that kind of like we talked about earlier, that having guests on your podcast is a really good way to build your audience. So I think that even if you're just starting, having guests is is a thing that 
that you should do if you don't have another way that you're that you're prepared to grow your audience. Um, so I think it kind of depends on on kind of like where you're coming from and what your growth strategy is going to be and what other kind of audience you have in other kind of medium media. I think it depends is kind of the answer, but I don't think it's bad to have guests on if you don't have any listeners, right? Like there are plenty of podcasts that start from, uh, they all start from nothing. And you have a guest on and you tell them like, hey, we're just getting started. I would love to have you on as my first or second or third guest because I know and respect you. Um, and hopefully we can kind of build this thing together from there. That's perfectly fine. You know, I think you're being honest and upfront with a person uh, and 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 they should, they should respect that and, and go with it. I, I don't think it's bad. Kurt is what I'm getting at is I don't think it's bad to say, yep, I'm going to have some guests on um, in, in the first couple of episodes of my podcast. I would say kind of strategically, I wouldn't uh, have on like your your perfect ideal guest before you have an audience. So like if you're thinking about like having Seth Godin on your podcast, don't have him on in the first episode. <laughs> so wait till you have some listeners so that they can kind of appreciate the content that you're creating. Um, but but have folks on that that are are friendly and are approachable and can help you grow this thing together. And, and a lot of folks, especially people that are other podcasters, will totally do that because they were there um, and they remember what it's like to start out and not having a huge audience and they'll help you along the way. So I'd say like, you know, pick that guest or those guests kind of strategically as you're getting started to say like, who are people that can help me along the way as guests on my podcast? So Kurt, I hope that that's helpful. So we we mentioned about our Facebook group in the discussion today a few times. So Denise popped the link to that in the the, the chat over here for folks who kind of you know, if you have questions between now and next week's office hours edition, you know feel free to hop in the Facebook group there and ask. It's not just me and Denise. There's hundreds of people in there that are talking about podcasting all day every day, and it's a really cool way to uh, to get to know kind of other people in the podcasting world. Uh, it's called Podcast Hackers. So if, yep, there's the link again. But just go into Facebook and and type in Podcast Hackers, and you can you should see it right away. And yep, so we have office hours every Wednesday at noon Eastern. Next week we are mixing things up a little bit, as John mentioned. Our format is changing. We're having a uh, a co-host on next week. Uh, so Nathan Wrigley from the WP Builds podcast is coming on to kind of co-host with me. Nathan is a, a full-time professional podcaster, so it's all he does. He does have multiple different content formats, so that'll be interesting. John, to your point, we can ask him about that and is a super knowledgeable and interesting guy. So I'm looking forward to having him on the show next week. And he'll he and I will just going to be chatting for the first 10 or 15 minutes about himself and kind of what he's learned. And he'll be Thanks. taking questions for the rest of the time. Um, so if you haven't yet, please sign up for, for podcast office hours and we'll see everybody next Wednesday at noon Eastern. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of podcast hackers. If you liked what you heard today, please head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. This goes a long way towards helping spread the word about the show to other podcasters, just like you until next time. Happy podcasting.